Hello, I'm Neil Aitchison and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. As part of the podcast series of talks with this year's honorary graduates at Warwick, I'm joined by John Edwards, who recently stood down after nearly eight years as Chief Executive of Advantage West Midlands, a regional development agency. He has played a very active role with Warwick during his leadership of AWM, helping set up a partnership research programme between the University and Jaguar Land Rover, the premium automotive research and development programme, PARD. He has also helped to initiate the strong collaboration between Warwick and Birmingham University through Science City. AWM has also helped part fund the new £50 million Warwick Digital Laboratory, which is just being completed. John Edwards, first of all, then, what's your, your reaction to uh, being given this award today? Well, I'm, obviously, I'm absolutely delighted, you know, personally, but also for my family who've supported me immensely over the last eight or nine years as Chief Executive at Advantage West Midlands. It's a great honour uh, to be recognised by the University of Warwick, one of the best universities in the UK and a real global player. And to be given an honorary doctorate by Warwick is, I think, more than I could have ever hoped for. And I talked to there about the, the collaboration between Warwick and business, and mm. just to talk very generally about that. Uh, uh, how important is that amongst uh, business and the, 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 the economy generally? Warwick University, I think, is, is you know, if you can be almost unique, is almost unique in the UK in its approach to working with other organisations, be that businesses, be that other parts of the public sector. Warwick, since its inception over 40 years ago, has had to be a very entrepreneurial university. It doesn't have the massive endowments, and it's got to live off its wits, essentially, demonstrating real excellence in areas which are of interest to business, to other academics, and to government, and going out there and effectively selling that expertise globally. So when I was at Advantage West Midlands, it became very clear to me that one of the things that we had to do was to work harder to engage our universities with business, unlock talent and ideas in universities, and get businesses to talk to universities. And I think Warwick has been at the forefront of that. And how does it play on the global uh, scale as well, the global field? Because uh, the, the Warwick has designs to be uh, a strategy to be the, a top 50 world university. What's its position globally then, business-wise? Well, if you look at the companies that are engaged with, with Warwick, they are global players. Ford, Jaguar, Land Rover, BMW, Cora Steel, Tata, ICL. You know, the, 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 the companies are you know, a lexicon of, of, of global players. Now, they're not going to engage with an institution if they don't, but they're also either a global player or the real potential to become one. I think Warwick is very clearly on that road to becoming a global institution. It already has uh, graduates and, uh, and undergraduates from around the world. It has partnerships with universities and governments, China, Far East, India, the USA. So it's already operating globally. And I think with the plan for the future development of the university and given its entrepreneurial spirit and past, I have no doubt that Warwick can be one of those top 50 global university institutions. And you've played a sort of leading role with uh, WMG. Uh, I'm going to mention there the, the PARD programme. Uh, and that's a sort of a sort of typical example of the sort of relationship between academia and business. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's an enormous amount of talent and technology and ideas locked up inside universities. And business, I think, is hungry for that. 
sometimes they find it quite difficult to talk to each other because they may be talking about the same thing, but sometimes they're using a slightly different language. And I think what Warwick Manufacturing Group has done, it's been able to be a bridge between the university and its pure research and its academic excellence and what business is looking for, acting almost as a translational institute. And that's why the PARD programme worked. A lot of technology here in visualisation, in materials, in electronics, in management systems and processes. And Jaguar Land Rover needed that. And what PARD gave us was the ability to take that talent and expertise from the university and make it available to business. And I think other universities can learn from what Warwick has done. If you look at what goes on in Germany, with Fraunhofer institutions, which are these, in, these bodies that sit between the pure academic body and business. Warwick Manufacturing Group slots absolutely into that position. Academic excellence and rigour ally to the ability to talk to business, and that's what PARD did. And that's what you've done as well with uh, Science City and AWM's uh, support there that, uh, to, to unlock that uh, innovation in the sort of scientific sphere. Yeah. Just for those who don't know, yeah. just sort of explain what Science City was about. Well, the government announced six Science Cities about four years ago, and it's uh, unique amongst government initiatives, and it carried no money and no rules. So effectively, we could take the title of Science City and use it as we saw best fit in the West Midlands which I think is a, you know, a massive opportunity. But it's having that title. This is a part of the world where science and technology is at the leading edge and can help business and can create a better quality of life for everybody. And what we decided collectively was that there was a real opportunity here for collaboration between Birmingham and Warwick, our research-rich institutions in the West Midlands, with a combined turnover of approaching a billion pounds, so a big, big player. And they had areas in engineering, in computing technology, in medicine uh, and materials, and the sort of creative digital media uh, world, where collaboration would, you know, two and two would give you a lot more than four getting these institutions to work together. They maintain their independence and integrity and difference, but they collaborate around technologies that are going to be massively important for the world going forward but also a real opportunity to take some of that technology now and get it out into, out into the world, out into business and out into the public sector. So what impact do you think Science City has had then and uh, Warwick's collaboration with Birmingham, as you, as you explain that? Well, I think just the collaboration alone is a massive step forward. Universities quite rightly jealously guard their independence and they are massively competitive institutions one with another in a sense that's what makes them so good they compete hard with each other for research income for partnerships and for, and for students so they guard that quite jealously but if you can find ways where two institutions can collaborate and get each get something out of it and improve then that's a win-win for everybody and that I think is what we did with Science City I think if you look around the other six science cities in the UK you look at Manchester you look at uh, York, Newcastle, Nottingham or Bristol. I firmly believe that the Science City operation in this region under the Birmingham banner, Birmingham City banner, is streets ahead of anybody else because we have focused not on building a science park or just a new institution, we've focused on unlocking talent in universities, helping them to work together 
and using that unlocked talent and expertise and excellence to improve our performance as a region. And I think we will be the best science, well, we are the best science city, and we will continue to be the best science city in the UK. You mentioned the digital technology there, mm. and I mentioned earlier the, the building of the digital mm. uh, lab here. Mm. That, uh, uh, and that shows what? That, that, uh, that this sort of partnership between uh, university and, and business is on the sort of cutting edge of it all. Well, it is. I, I think what, um, what the university recognised, and in particular the School of Engineering and Warwick Manufacturing Group, that the use of digital technology and the way that you apply it in the next decades is going to fundamentally change the way we live our lives, the way that we do business. The digital laboratory will allow us to test those ideas, to work with companies, to move the debate on, and to create something, I think, at Warwick, which is going to be globally significant, and if not unique, certainly amongst the sort of the top you know, few percent of institutions looking at how we use digital technology, digital media, and digital creativity in the years ahead in real-world situations. Yeah. And what will that mean for, for business in, in the area, in the region, do you think? Well, it will give them access to technology they wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise be able to access. People who understand it, who can take that technology and apply it with a business in a real-world situation, you know, who can take new ways of visualising what a product will look like. So when the product appears, you know, you've, you, you've manipulated it digitally and you understand what it looks like, how it works, how people will interact with it. Mm. And it really will be a way of companies taking a leap in, almost into the unknown, but to be able to put some parameters about that unknown before they make the leap. And I think it's going to be massively important for business, but also for the public sector as well. Healthcare is one of the big challenges for us with an aging population and a growing population and people's expectations. It isn't a bottomless pit and we've got to find money available to the health sector. So we've got to find ways of utilizing that more effectively. Digital technology can help enormously in the patient care pathway, how somebody is looked after whilst they are under the care of their doctor in the primary care or secondary care in, a, in an acute hospital. It will help hospitals to manage these massive bits of infrastructure much more effectively taking the way that you know, digital technology helps big companies to, to, to manage their own business, modifying that, changing it and applying it to the health sector and that will benefit all of us because we will get much more then for our investment in healthcare. So you take all of that, you take business improvement, you take improvement in public services, then the digital laboratory I think can be at the forefront of that in the, in the decade ahead. I must ask you about the, the current economic uh, uh, position and the, the threat of recession if we're not already in uh, recession. And, uh, and first of all, uh, what's your sort of sense of what the sort of medium term future holds regionally in this sort of economic period? Well, undoubtedly, we're in for probably a rocky 18 to 24 months, uh, I suspect. We, we, we all read in the press about, about the credit crunch. We, we see the, the impact already with, for example, some big property developers saying that they're putting things on hold for a while, housing developers not starting any new building, people being laid off. But I think it's going to be sexually very focused. It will be focused, I think, very hard on, on big infrastructure projects where things may slow for a period of time. We have to be very careful we don't talk ourselves into a recession. As I say, it's going to be difficult over the next couple of years. But I think what institutions like Warwick can do is to keep faith 
when things are difficult because the technology that's being developed here now will be what we will need in the two to three to five years ahead. And the worst thing that we could do was say, well, we're going to sit back and wait. In a, in a sense, what the, what the publicly funded bodies can do is keep faith, keep developing, keep developing those new ideas. Because if we step back, if, if, if Warwick University stops doing what it's doing or Advantage West Midlands doesn't do what it's planning to do, then that will exacerbate a potentially very difficult situation. So it is going to be a difficult couple of years. Whether we go into recession, I think, is questionable. We've got to be careful we don't talk ourselves into a recession, but also to be sure that we continue to do the things that Warwick is very good at and to help prepare us for when times will improve. Because those companies that do well after a recession are those that keep investing and working through a recession. And to keep one step ahead and to develop that new technology is perhaps even more essential when times are more difficult. Absolutely. As I say, you know, it, it, if we keep working at it and we keep developing those ideas, and when people start, we're coming out of recession, we've got to invest. They look around for what to invest in and where's the technology, where, where are the skilled people I'm going to need. Here it is at Warwick. And Warwick's been working away and has continued to work with business over those difficult periods, help to improve profitability, capability, skills, technology. You know, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't people then come to Warwick you know, even more so than they do now? And with that, I mean, and generally, how do you think the West Midlands is placed to, uh, to, to combat, to sort of weather this uh, difficult economic period? Well, perversely, this, this region still is very strong in manufacturing. And... At the moment, manufacturing is probably doing better in the UK because of the, of the pound-euro relationship uh, than it has done in the last three or four years, you look at the stats. So I think as a region, we're probably better placed than many because we're not overly dependent on financial services. We're not overly, de overly dependent on the leisure sector. We're not overly dependent on manufacturing. We've got a good mixed economy, but we are strong in manufacturing. And I think that will, that will keep us in good stead over the next uh, two or three years. Whilst the, you know, whilst the economy globally experiences some turbulence. Okay, John Edwards, thanks very much. Thank you.